Are you an HR department of one trying to figure out how to balance task and strategy while keeping up with changes in regulatory compliance? Do you need a fresh outlook on old topics? Then stop what you're doing, grab your coffee, and get ready to recharge. If you have people, you have problems to solve and things to do. Your host is Brenda Neckvottle, a 20-year human resource professional, ready to explore the HR industry with veterans of business and life with fresh eyes and new ideas. Learn about the rapidly evolving changes in employment law around the country, as well as new tactics to deploy and build engagement in your workforce. If you're looking to implement new practices to make your job easier in HR, then this podcast is for you. Hey everyone and welcome to the Best Practices in Human Resources podcast. I am super stoked that you guys are here. This is an award-winning podcast. Uh, we announced in the last episode that we were that this is the show was a recipient of the Stevie Awards, American Business Awards, Best Business Podcast, and we got the bronze cat- uh, bronze in that particular category. So, super stoked that you guys are around. And if you are joining us for the first time, welcome. Love, glad that you're here. Glad that you found it, and uh, really looking forward to having you dip into today's. Uh, today's discussion. And then if you guys are continuing to come back time and time again, thank you so very much. Really. I get super excited when I see similar faces, similar names, comments, emails. It just, it really puts a smile on my face. So thank you so guys very much for coming back in. So I'm in the human business and it was really funny. I was talking to a friend of mine in Australia and I told her that she goes, you're trafficking? <laughs> like, no, I'm in the human business, which means that there's a greater number of dynamics in the workplace to balance and manage. And today we're going to be talking about, we got employment law changes across the nation. And I'm going to share with you later in the show where you can get access to these the main topic, I got a, an awesome guest coming on. I think all my guests are awesome, but this guy's a little extra special awesome. We have been <laughs> trying to connect for three years, and we finally did it. I finally, finally made it happen, and we were supposed to get together in San Diego for the Sherm convention, and now that's out, and oh my gosh, it's just been one block after another driving me nuts. But folks, we've got um, Andy Arabito, who is the uh, owner of and CEO of Half Face Blades. He is a Navy SEAL. And we're going to be talking to him about really bringing purpose and support to a veteran workforce. And there's a lot of takeaways in this and what he's talking about, um, about how it applies to all, you know, every workforce. And I, you know, I listened to our interview again and Man, it's just like I started to change the title. It took me like six drafts on the title <laughs> because everything that he's talking about is so great and so relevant. I'm, so I'm, I'm, we're really fortunate to have him on. And then uh, we got some upcoming events I'm going to talk to you guys about and how you can go ahead and get best practices delivered right to your inbox. But before we go on, folks, the information that is available through this podcast is, in fact, for informational purposes only and not for the purpose of providing any form of legal advice. You should consult your attorney to obtain legal advice with respect to any particular issue that you're facing. And if you do not have one, go ahead and reach out to me and I may be able to refer one to you through our affiliates program and our friends over at Jackson Lewis. All right, so got some... COVID-19 things come down the pike. So the EEOC has made some updates to the COVID-19 disability accommodations guidance, which helps employers address higher risk employees who are returning to work. So that's going to be a pretty good nugget of information to uh, dive into and take a look, 
take a look at. Also, the DOL has revised Section 7I, the exemption regulations, meaning basically is your company a retailer or service establishment. So there's some impact to that as well. The Department of Labor has also issued a final rule permitting the use of non-salary compensation under the fluctuating workweek pay method. So if you are dealing with that, you're going to want to dip into that a little bit. And OSHA has issued some guidance clarifying uh, recording obligations for COVID-19 related uh, illnesses and, and cases in the workplace. San Diego has issued new guidance for businesses, including the required temperature checks. And over in Oakland, California, believe it or not, we actually don't have much when it comes to the states this week, but over in Oakland, um, they have passed supplemental emergency paid sick leave as well. So that is a very short, truncated version of what is going on in the nation this week. There are approximately 2,500 members of the U.S. Special Operations Community who transition out of active duty military service every single year. The Honor Foundation has dedicated its mission to serving these elite individuals on their journey to prepare for life once they take off the uniform. In the past few years, we've begun our own journey to reach this number, launching three physical campuses in San Diego, California, Virginia Beach, Virginia, and near Wilmington, North Carolina, along with a virtual campus to reach members of the community anywhere on the planet. I spent 26 years in the special operations community as a SEAL. I graduated from THS program, I served on the board of directors, and now I'm proud to lead this organization into the future to continue assisting these transitioning service members and their families. Our dedicated team, our world-class program, and our incredible tribes of supporters are standing by to help THF alumni and future fellows, and are committed to providing the best possible support system and resources to better serve this community. Our vision for the Honor Foundation is clear, to impact every transitioning service member from the U.S. Special Operations Enterprise through our programs and support, and to be a catalyst for overhauling the entire DOD transition program. It's a big task, but the community deserves it, and we're driving full steam ahead to make this a reality. If you've been inspired with what the Honor Foundation's done in the last five years, I welcome you all to join us as we craft the next chapter in defining what it means to serve others with honor for life. show I've got an, another uh, pipe hitter really awesome guy who we've ta literally taken three years to connect <laughs> multiple attempts and I finally got him on the line I'm so excited that he's here um, he is a uh, he's out of service now but he is a, a Navy SEAL and as you guys know I really enjoy bringing uh, team guys on to do leadership related discussions because uh, their leadership capabilities are far superior and uh, they, they bring a lot to the table. <clears throat> um, I'd like to welcome Andy Arabito to the show. Hello. How are good you? Good to be on with you. Good, you? I'm good. Good. It's good. I know. It's finally nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to you a few times, but. <laughs> yeah, I know. Via digitally. Never, right. never live and in person. This is great. So the reason why, thank you very much for, for doing this. I really do appreciate it. My pleasure. And. What I'm interested in, is, so I've been, you know, I've been following you for a while. I've heard a lot of really great things between, you know, mutual friends. And 
what I, this, this whole month is focused in on how employers can support family members and veterans of armed services in, in honor of um, Armed Services Day on May 16th. And you have a really awesome company that uh, designs and produces knives with a very specific end user in mind. Um, they're all functional. It's called Half Face Blades. And, but you as an employer, have a really unique perspective and you do a lot of really cool things. You are a veteran and you have a veteran, you have a almost not hundred percent, I think dedicated veteran. It's not a hundred. I have some buddies who I grew up with. Yeah. Yeah. I've had some, you know, and I've also had multiple veterans come in, work for a while and go. I just hired another veteran uh, about a month ago and I'm looking for another one right now. Yeah. But you are, but you are very veteran centric at the same time. Yeah. So, um, and, but because you have that, you know, both sides of the fence view, that's what I really wanted to bring you on to kind of talk through some things that if companies are interested in supporting a veteran workforce, what are some from experience and from preference, you know, what should they be mindful of? Because you can say it, but not necessarily have the right practices in place. You do mean like if they are wanting to hire veterans as part of their workforce and what to look for, what, you know, how they can help the veteran out you yep. know, as well as uh, help themselves out so their veterans comfortable and, and fits yep. in. Um, Absolutely. I guess, you know, one of, there's so many different jobs in the military. So veteran obviously is such a big, there's so many jobs specific within our military that obviously people change and just because they're veteran, they may not have the same work ethic and they may not have done the same thing in the military. Right. But, you know, part of the big thing in, in the military is when you're with your, your, your unit or you're doing your job and you have a crew with you, you have, have a little bit of a brotherhood or sisterhood or whoever you're with, you know, you're really tight with your group in general. And that's something that it is, like I said, in general, pretty important to people and they don't really realize that they're surrounded by their, their peers and their buddies and with a ranking structure every day for however many years they're in the military. And when they get out, um, that's something that I, you know, I'm blessed here in the shop with veterans and some buddies at work and we have such a tight knit group of guys and it's really mentally healthy for everybody. So if someone's looking to hire, you know, veterans into their workforce, you know, positioning them in, in the right jobs is obviously really important because if they don't enjoy it, there's like anybody, they're going to be more and more miserable and they're going to leave, Yeah. you know? And then two is making sure that that position or that job, you know, they have people to work with and they have some responsibility you know, and there's a lot of good veterans out there. There's a lot of, like anybody, you have the good and bad. But, you know, some of the, especially in my background in the SEAL teams and special forces, guys are kind of taught to problem solve. And then they, the longer they're in, the more responsibility they have. So putting somebody in a position with almost a little more responsibility than, than they may be used to is a really good way to test out someone's ability. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So positioning somebody in the right place keeping them happy, you know, with that veteran, keep in mind that they probably need a little group around them, you know, for that mental health issue to interact is obviously really big, not, not isolate them. Yep. That connectivity. Um, what is really stemmed significantly from the whole COVID-19 gig that's going on right now is something that's called job crafting. And I don't know if you've caught wind of this or not, but Basically, the, the essence of job crafting is allowing people to take their job and actually kind of make it theirs a little bit more, 
not necessarily to the point where they're rice bowling, but where they are, where they're really taking it and still following process, but they're actually the ones determining what's the most effective way to get the job done, but yet still follow within, you know, the parameters, very similar to, you know, your environment that you served in for 10 years. Um, do you, is that something that because you guys manufacture, I know you do custom knives, you do, um, you know, some stand, you know, a lot more standard things too, but, but you kind of have this blend of a product. Do you, do you find that with your veteran team specifically, that if you give them that space to get a little creative, you get, you get a, a an amazing result or you get a, the desired results you want, but maybe plus a little bit more. You know, one of the biggest things I've noticed with my veterans versus non-veterans working with me is uh, a standard practice of like getting places on time and, you know, in general, a little bit because I'm really picky with who I hire though too. So I kind of, I usually know everybody I'm hiring and I look at obviously work ethic is, is massive. I'd rather have an non-veteran with better worth that worth ethic at the end of the day, you know, but the veterans in general, when they're in the military job have that holds that pretty high level responsibility, mm -hmm. then you have attention to detail. So I've noticed, you know, guys with the veterans, a little more attention to detail, a little more uh, structured, obviously, and that's huge, you know what I mean? Trying to be at work on time, make sure you're getting your hours. Attention to detail in, in this line of work is huge, you know, whether you're doing custom knives, production, we're programming, you know, it's the little things that make the best things, you know, or make, make good things better. It's the little things, you know, how much care goes into something. So with that, um, with that in mind, you know, some of the guys, I do have really creative guys that are non-veterans, and they're able to get creative because they've been here for a long time. You know what I mean? And they know what they're doing. Um, my veteran guys, you know, one of my SEAL buddies works for me and he's extremely creative and attention to detail. Um, I think that's one of the, one of the things I've noticed the most is that attention to detail and problem solving, which is, which flows over those veterans. When you have guys, you know, veteran dudes that are good and then they have their civilian guys working, interacting with them. They both learn from each other. You know what right. I mean? And, especially when guys are a little older um, or they've had higher level of responsibility jobs within the military, they're going to kind of step into that leadership role and show other guys a better way of doing things. Yeah. It almost seems like not, and I'm not splitting hairs between, you know, a non-veteran and a veteran workforce, but the veterans that I've worked with just even outside of Naval Special Warfare, that they do kind of understand that there is a time and place when to step away when it comes to looking at problems and then kind of knowing when it's appropriate to bring the problem forward versus just trying to, just trying to like shepherd through it. And right. And I, I think in general that comes to life experience too. You know what I mean? You have one way of thinking when you have an issue that arises, you have one way of thinking of it when you're younger, you know, what you've been taught. Now you've been more life experience, higher levels of responsibility, uh, responsibility, seeing other people solve problems, it gives you just a, a much wider perspective of what you can do. You know what I mean? And then it comes into the team, right? So if you can't figure it out, somebody can, or we can. And that's where that team effort comes into play where you're not an individual, you individually have responsibility. And then you as a team have responsibility. And part of that responsibility is solving issues together and problems, whether it's organizing workload, whether it's a simple, Hey, I can't fix this. Can you, and ask another guy, next to you or more experienced guys or how do we structure our work week better how do we structure production better how do we 
you know what I mean? It's, it, it's, you have your personal responsibility, then you have your team responsibility and you're always better working together. You yep. don't know what you don't know, but you got to be open to learn. Agreed. Agreed. So I know you do a lot of fun stuff with your team um, and rewards and, you know, team building and stuff like that. Um, what are some of the things that you, would you share? I, I cause I've, I caught it on an episode of another podcast that you were on, but what would, what are some of the things that you like to do with your team to show appreciation or find that it, it kind of helps the process and business? Um, you know, we have such a, a cool group of guys who are like, my buddy is one of my managers. I grew up since 10th grade, two of buddies that live with me that I've known since 2009. Um, when, you know, seal buddies, I mean, from also just getting together outside of work, um, you know, we do barbecues together. We go on trips together. We go to concerts together. We throw little events for everybody together. We go to baseball games together. We'll, you know, if, we had some really good trips planned, you know, we'll go camping together, we'll go to the desert together. And we try to do these in a group too. So stuff like, yeah. you know, rewards wise, you know, bonuses, bonuses of course are always great. You know what I mean? When we're doing really good and working as a team and I'm doing my job and getting the knives out, you know, bonuses are always good. I want to pay my guys more. That's kind of a, a goal of mine is to always sure making their happy and healthy. And also part of that is, trying to pay them as much as I can within the limits of living in California and having a small business. <laughs> you know, um, we, you know, we used to do fun things, punishment when you screw something up, but you don't read, you know, you're building a knife and you don't read it. Well, we used to have a pink shirt, you know, all the fun <laughs> stuff like that. You'd have to wear a pink shirt and there was writing on it and everything. And then, you know, we put oh, a pull sure up bar, was. right. We put a pull up bar in. So, you know, you punish guys with pull ups, which is always good. And that's <laughs> team building. Um, that's you know, fun. there's, there's when newer guys in the shop come in, they get the crappier jobs. That's just the way it is, you know, and you can build yourself through ranks and guys, you know, it's similar to being in a seal platoon or similar to being in a group of funny friends. Yeah. You know, you think of ways to make each other better and to think twice before you do something. Right. Yeah. Um, we honestly, like we're usually planning planning something right now during the COVID thing there's not a lot there's not like concerts going on so we're not going as a group those things but you know we had a, a, a trip to six flags planned we're not doing that as a group and that's also we invite each other's you know their wives are welcome to come or girlfriends stuff like that which half face blades we pay for that whole event or the bus and everything and just make it a really good group effort because just because you're in the shop all the time it's still work you know there's fun in it but it is work so how do you build you know how do you build that core of guys better if not getting them together outside of work Yeah, where you're going to find there is guys that you don't want to hang out with outside of work. You know what I mean? That maybe have good work ethic. That's okay. They're still part of the team when you're working. You know what I mean? Maybe they're not as much part of the team and maybe again, they like that. They have their own life, their own friends. But yep. in general, we don't really have that. We have, we have a lot of, we get together a lot. Guys build their own friendships outside of work. Um, which I think it helps in work. You don't want to disappoint. You don't want to be a, a excuse my language, like a shit bag at work and have your buddy have to carry that and do more work because you're slacking. You know what I mean? Right. So you, you, you know, with that friendship that guys build outside of work and, and listen, that is the same thing in, in where it's special forces and you're in your troop, you're in a platoon. You spend so much time together outside of work as well and work you find out quickly who you really care about, who cares about you, who cares about their job, who cares about the business, whether, and who cares about in a platoon getting the job done. 
Right. You know what I mean? And right. to be honest, the more people understand that, the more you work together and the more you can accomplish, the more everyone's going to get paid at the end of the day too. The better the business is going to do, the better I'm able to take care of my guys in it. Yeah. You know, and guys also enjoy being involved in these foundations or charity knives and stuff like that. So there's a level of pride that goes into guys work, you know, especially with the really intricate custom knives, you know, maybe a $2,000 knife or maybe auctions, you know, auction knives for $12,000 for charities. You know, if it's, that's a knife that two of the guys worked on, man, that's a really cool level of pride. And it really makes these guys, you know, stoked to be, be doing this work. When we get pictures of, you know, special forces dudes overseas and there's knives on their kit it's such a really like it's a cool pat on the back for the guys you yeah. know so there's a lot that goes into that you know yeah well it brings purpose back in so it's right. a why you know why right. you know why you're doing something but you know there's something that that in this conversation we haven't really touched on is that not only do people get closer during the good fun stuff but you know you've experienced it, is that when you when a when a really strong group of people regardless of whether they're veteran or not when they make it through just an absolute period of hell, they get through really hard things. That solidifies a team significantly. Right. Well, you find people's weaknesses and you find people's strengths. And then you find out how that you can put two people together or four people together or six people together right. to accomplish them. I mean, that's why they do those like ropes courses and those team building stuff when you're younger. You know, and you're finding out like who's – who can't hack it and who can and who can work with the problem solve and who folds under pressure and who doesn't, you know, we all have our weaknesses and then some people have more than others. And, right. and, you know, not to sound harsh, but you know, not, we're all equal under God's eyes, but we're not all equal when it comes to our strengths and our weaknesses. Right. Absolutely. And some people, instead of building their strengths and try, you know, and building their weaknesses and understanding that they almost, they look inward and they they kind of spiral where they're not fun to have around you know they're not somebody that is going to be good for a team they're, whether it's a cohesion issue or whether it's just a, a bad work ethic and then they feel, feel sorry for themselves you know there's plenty of people out there like that that um need need help and guidance you right. know but i mean it, it is what it is i don't want to be surrounded by people who are going to bring me down i don't want to you know, we all have our issues. Some guys are late, some guys aren't, right? I can mention it. Like, hey, you know, I don't really get on people's butts unless they're really slacking. And it's like, hey, dude, like, is there something going on in your personal life? Because you don't usually do this. Or, hey, you know, maybe you're just not cut out for this job. You need to look for another job. Right. It is, at the end of the day, it's a business. And, you know, even if it's a good buddy of mine, if he's really slacking, I'm going to have to let him go in the interest of everybody else. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, because so. you still have what, 10, 11 other people you still have to look yeah, out for. 13, you got to make you know, payroll. Yeah. Right. So, and those guys, it's punishment for them. If I'm paying somebody who's doing half the job they're supposed to do and everybody else has to make up for their slack, that's not fair. And even though it's a hard decision, you know, it's something that has to be made. Right. So if you're going to laugh when I ask you this question, if you were to hypothetically go into a job today, which I know you're not, um, what would what do you think is important to a veteran coming in and looking for a company like coming from a veteran perspective right what would you know what would what would be important to you if you were to look for a job what do you mean like job that i would want to do or what i need to tell the people when i get a job what's important to me what do you mean so like if you were to go out into the world and let's say right. for example 
you just like, screw this. I don't want to be an employer anymore, which I know is not yeah. going to happen. But, and you wanted right. to look for a job, like what would, from a veteran perspective, what would right. be important to you in looking for a position with a company, Ooh. be it large, small, or medium? That kind of depends where I'm at in life. Am I a single dude? Am I married with mm -hmm. kids? Do you know what I mean? Because one is going to depend on a financial need, whereas a single dude can live off their disability or a single dude can live on a lot less. So you have a higher demand and more responsibility outside yourself to take care of your wife and kids, right? So, you know, I, I could do a bad job if it paid it, like a crappy job, an unenjoyable job. I could do that for a certain amount of time if the pay was really good. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? It, it put me in a more financial stability. On the other side of it, you know, being a single dude, if I have, you know, I can live within my small means, I could probably do a job I really enjoyed that didn't pay a lot. And then from there, get experience um, and try to move up some kind of, kind of ladder within a business. The other side that's probably important is also that teamwork, that group that you're in. You know, it can be, you, there's amazing jobs out there that you just don't get along with the people around you. You know, I've seen that, that pay really well. And at the end of the day, it's going to catch up to you and you're really going to have a hard time or you're going to want to switch jobs, you know what I mean? So that's a really interesting question and I think it changes, you know, especially the job in the military, right? So if you get out as a, as a team guy a lot of times and you have that experience, you can go into contracting and get paid really yeah. well. But you kind of get stuck in this contracting role where in my, in my mind or my opinion, if I did it, I would do it for three years, save the money, and then try to start a business with that, right? Um, but a lot of times get into that contracting role and guys start investing, you know, which is great. And at some point they can build up enough, you know, um, money or own enough homes and rentals that they decide, hey, I don't need to do this anymore. You know what I mean? I have passive income. Like I said, you can suck it up for the money for a certain amount of time if you have a goal in mind to do with that money. You know, there's some freedom in the end. Right. Cool. Well, this has been great. Thank you again so much for doing this. So if people wanted to follow you and, and find your, find your work, where would they look? Uh, well, it's halffaceblades.com is the website. And then on there is the email and information. There's gallery and um, I'm in San Diego. So I, you know, people come by the shop and come check it out and pick up knives and build their custom knives. So that's, that's awesome having people in here and seeing the process, you know, um, yeah, that's kind of it. You know, the, the, all the information is on the website as well. So anybody wanted to contact us and get something made or come by the shop, are more than welcome. That's awesome. Well, thank you very much, dear. Absolutely, dear. Great to see you. Good to see you. Are you one of those individuals who's trying to figure out how you can get everything done and manage your time? Is it possible that time management isn't actually what you need, that it's task management? Several months ago, I had a really super nice lady reach out to me and share that she's struggling to get everything done and that time management classes weren't in fact helping her. And I sent her a tool that I use, which helps me plan out my task load throughout the week and helps keep me on pace. I've been using it for a long time. And I know there's a lot of app systems and 
you know, there's this that you can buy and that thing that you can get and this you can download and all kinds of unique ways you can tackle the workload, but they don't take into consideration what happens when busy HR people get that call or that email, which derails our whole day. <laughs> so if this happens to you, then you're welcome to download my free task planner for crazy busy HR pros. This is a single helpful sheet. It's a document that I've used for, like I said, years. I've shared it with other HR pros that have used it successfully over the past five, six, seven years that I've been doing this, and I'm sharing it with you. And you, and it's totally free. You can find it and you can grab it on the homepage of the bestpractices.work website. And I've also included a very free, quick video on how to use it effectively. This is how I use it. And what's amazing is that I get everything done. I get my meetings done. I get my calls done. I get my task work done. I just use this and I'm very successful at getting things accomplished, which is really great. Not to mention, I don't have to work on the weekends <laughs> and I own my own business. So um, it, you're welcome to go ahead and grab it, <clears throat> you know, go ahead and download it and it's all yours. It, it's there for you to take. You're not going to, no other obligation follows that. And then several weeks ago, I had Suzanne Lucas on the show. You guys remember her. She is known as the Evil HR Lady and is a very popular contributor for Inc.com. And she's got over a thousand different articles that she's written. Well, what happens when you put two HR pros in a virtual room and we both have a lot to say? Well, well, if you join us on Tuesday mornings, you'll find out. And we teamed up. So each week we stream live on YouTube and on a show called The Real HR Show, where we talk about all things HR. And this week we started talking about some best practices on how HR pros can help find their career path in their field. Some really great takeaways, some things to focus on. And the show is actually a lot of fun between the two of us. She's a nice lady. She's in Switzerland and I'm here in the U.S. So thank goodness for technology. And again, you guys can go ahead and find the link to the show on our website over there at therealhrshow.com as well. So you guys know I love listening to your questions. I love getting HR questions. And you can submit your question on the bestpractices.work website by clicking on the podcast link from the menu and down towards the bottom of the podcast page is a submission form for you to go ahead and post your question, which I may read on an upcoming episode. So I got a question today and I love these kinds of questions. I actually found it online in one of my, uh, some of the sources that I look up just to kind of get a pulse on what employees are actually asking for. And this is one of, this is kind of one of my favorite questions. It's the first third of it is my favorite question of all time because uh, the answer is always the same. But in this case, the question is, can an employee withhold pay if the employee is accused of stealing? The answer is no. An employer cannot withhold pay because an employee is being accused of stealing. There's something very specific that you guys have to understand is that the Department of Labor doesn't care what the employee is doing. What they care is whether or not the employee is being appropriately compensated for under the letter of the law. Now, you may have somebody who's stealing and your instinctive gut reflex and reaction and just might want to just reach down their throat and grab it back. But unfortunately, you cannot deduct the loss due to an employee from anything around their paycheck. Just not, you just can't do that. Um, if an employee intentionally damaged something or you did catch them stealing. Now, there are ways where you can actually recuperate a loss, but it is not from withholding from their paycheck. And I'll give you an example. 
a long time ago, I discovered that I had a couple of employees that were stealing from the store that I was working in. And if you've been following along, you know that I've got a 26-year retail career that you know, coincides right along parallel and integrates my HR side. So I've got very strong operationally as well as I am in HR. And in this case, I found a couple people that were stealing. And the one employee um, we actually sat down with, we wound up having the conversation with her. She admitted to doing what we caught her doing or what I caught her doing. But then when it came down to really identifying the value of what it was she stole, we knew how much she stole from the company. We, we had all of that. I had figured all of that out, but she couldn't put a number on it. And, but she did agree to a specific number and she was uh, able to go ahead. I mean, this is a girl that didn't make hardly anything to begin with. Um, and she's supporting, a, you know, a quadriplegic father. So we had worked out an arrangement with her that she could go ahead and pay restitution. And it was all done professionally. It was all done legally. Uh, we had the appropriate legally reviewed forms for her to fill out. Um, I actually had a police officer waiting in another room. Had she not, we were going to go ahead and, and have her arrested and prosecute her for shoplifting. And she decided, she didn't even know that the police officer was there, but she did decide to go ahead and take the deal on restitution, which, you know, released any other anything else, any other type of legal action that we were going to pursue with her. And as part of that agreement, um, we noted that if she failed to comply with her restitution payback, that yes, in fact, we would go ahead and pursue uh, additional criminal action on top of her. So she signed, she paid, and life was great. And those are some things that you can do. So there's there's a lot of a lot of ways that you can potentially recoup the loss. But you know, the more you work with your employee, and the more you say, okay, so we got you doing this, you're busted, get it. You know what? But there are options. There are things that we can do. And, you know, it wasn't our emotion that was ruling it. It was actually our compassion. See, and even the even the traffic outside who's honking <laughs> proves of that. So if you guys caught that, there you go. It's a little extra sound bonus for you guys today. But anyway, but in this case, our compassion is actually what helped us get the money back and done correctly. So I love those kinds of questions. So thank you very much, you guys, for sending in your questions because I do read through them and I actually, I do bring them online. And, you know, as this whole COVID-19 thing is going on and, you know, we've got summer coming on. God, this is such a weird summer because right about now we would have all been making this shift to get ready to get the kids home for the summer, active doing things, swimming, camps, and that's not happening. And it's so strange. We've been dealing with kids home, being home in a time when we're normally now just figuring this out, right? It's, it's kind of crazy. But, you know, we got that all that stuff under control. Now that schools are, you know, no longer out and they're not doing any type of schoolwork to make sure that the kids are going up. We still really haven't, like, not changed. Anyway, it, it's just, it's kind of interesting. And, you know, if you guys are feeling like, like me, <laughs> so feeling a little disjointed because honestly, I mean, this is a whole shift and it's a change and, and I am feeling a little disjointed. You know, the weekend I actually saw people I hadn't seen in months and I've hardly seen anybody in months, but you know, if you can't sit through another daggone webinar, you're tired of, I can't look at my computer screen anymore. When I shut down, I shut down and you're desiring that real connection. I mean like real connection with real time, with real people. Um, 
there are new and exciting changes that are launching next week in June for the next gen women in HR community. One of the things is that um, we're making improvements to the membership site. And so the membership site has had two levels up until this point. This is now going to be a bronze level program. So the membership site um, used to be you had a, like a, an entry level and a more experienced level. Well, we're taking all of that away. We're just, it's one level. There's no sense in us not giving you all the information for one really great affordable price. And so that's what we're going to do. So the two levels are gone. And if you're listening and if you're a member, you're going to get some more information. If you're interested, hop on over, join us June 1st, and you'll be able to go ahead and sign up at the $9 rate, which that's what you pay for the whole month for a ton, a ton of really great information, updates on what's going on, all of these, all these call outs that I do at the beginning of the show and what's happening across the nation, all of that is in there, plus a lot more. There's a lot more articles in there that will absolutely help you absorb all the information that you absorb and really hone your skills. That's the whole point of this particular website is to be able to have this really great repository of information and then partner it up with other skill sets and other tools that you might get. Like for instance, I love going to the Society of Human Resource Management website. I'm a member of SHRM. That's where I go to get information on Okay, so what kind of framework do I need to do a policy on X? Or what kind of framework do I need to get um, to create a form for this, right? Sherm's awesome for that stuff. But over here, we're actually giving you hardcore, hardcore, really great information uh, that's coming directly down from a wide variety of resources that will be able to help you get stronger and really be able to navigate through HR. This is how you learn how to do the job. HR is, you can, you can learn the fundamentals through school and through class, but to be honest with you, you learn how to grow and be really, really great and master this field of study by engaging and, and this continuous learning. That's what's gonna be really important. So that's the spirit of June is really, what are we doing to help you engage in your continuous learning? Because it is a never ending learning process. And Lord knows 2020 has definitely demonstrated that for us this year, for sure. So then the other thing that we're doing is that we're going to actually offer group coaching. Now this is going to be a silver level membership program. Now we're holding off on the gold. That's going to come a little bit later in the year, but we're only going to focus in on these two things quality information that is available to you when you need it on demand. And then the other one is quality coaching that you get in a group format through our HR roundtables. And then if you miss one, you actually get a chance to listen to it on a replay. So that information is going to be available to you. So uh, you also get some of that real one-on-one. So if we've got a group with a lot of people in it, you know what? Everybody benefits from the information. Everybody benefits from the conversation. If it just happens to be one of those sessions where time didn't work for everybody and you, it might be you and just like one or two other people, well, you get really focused, dedicated time. Now, how often do you get that happen, right? Man, I would have killed for that when I was, when I was in your shoes learning how to do all this stuff. So So that's what we really need right now. We really need connection. We need to stop absorbing and start talking. And so um, one of the best places that you can start doing that is the Next Gen Women in HR Facebook group. It is an awesome place to start. And And the group over there, they're really, really wonderful people. And again, you know, everything that we're doing is is designed to do this for you in an affordable manner. And not to mention something that you can pitch to your companies when cost is everything right at the moment. So 
So keep listening, sign up for the updates and information that I'm going to be sending out very, very shortly. Um, if you're interested in finding out what else is going on, you guys can go ahead and follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Best Practices in HR. You can find me on Instagram again, also at the best, at the best, oh my goodness, Brenda the HR lady. Uh, you can find me on YouTube and LinkedIn under my name, Brenda Neckvottle, and that's spelled N-E-C-K, like the thing you want to choke, V as in Victor, A-T-A-L. Don't forget, you can also find me on The Real HR Show over on YouTube Live every Tuesday, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then again, you can find me on the bestpractices.work website, where if you click connect at the top of the page, you will be able to get my best practices delivered directly to your inbox. So thank you again, guys, for joining me. I hope you really got a lot out of today's episode. Um, I, you know what, listening to Andy just, it was awesome and it was refreshing and it was just fantastic because we weren't talking about any of this coronavirus stuff. <laughs> we were talking about things that mattered and you know, and it was fun. It was a lot of fun talking to him. So I hope you guys enjoyed it and uh, look forward to seeing you guys next week. Have a good one.